Welcome to After the Week, sponsored by Smack Talk Showdown. I'm your host, Denise Salcedo, and I'm joined by Will Washington. We are here to chat about the best and the worst of the week. Will, how's it going? It's going so good. I have been thinking about this like all morning in terms of what are we going to fall in line on? And I noticed the chat too has been trying to figure out what are we going to fall in line on here. I have a hunch just having talked to you this week. And granted, we don't share our picks. That is the important thing here is that we don't share these. We don't actually know what the other is going to pick. But I like trying to guess it. And I, having talked to you this week, can have a hunch what your worst is. I have no idea what your bests are going to be though. Really? And- I mean, I don't know. There was only one particular thing that I watched you this week basically blow a gasket over. And so I'm guessing that that's probably it. I don't know, because <laughs> I, I, I blew a gasket over two things this week. <laughs> I blew a gasket over two things this week. Uh, so I don't know which one you're referencing, uh, but we'll talk about it because we will find out here on this show what is the best and what is the worst. But before we get into that, I got beef with you will whoa okay i got some sick beef with you okay all right because all right everyone in the chat anytime we're like a minute late to these shows everyone's like oh denise she can't get up she can't wake up denise has an extra hour and she can't get up i want everyone here to know that the reason why we're one minute late is because will always comes in with a hot piece of gossip (laughs) meanwhile everyone's thinking denise couldn't get up this whole time it has been will washington's fault it is oh it it absolutely is yeah it was Definitely me. I take full responsibility for that. But like those who know me know, of course, I've never had a podcast start exactly at the time it's supposed to start. It's usually a couple of minutes off. But I like why I want to make sure that everybody gets time. And you know why that is? I will tell you exactly why that is. One of the things I prided myself on every podcast I've ever done going back to June 18th, 2005. I have very much prided myself on having a good intro. Every podcast I do has a really solid intro, whether it's Reg rapping on Grapsity, Mikey Ruckus laying it down for this here. Um, RBR always had a different cool theme song. And I don't want people to miss that. So I want to make sure that everybody is in the chat and ready to go right before we hit the theme. That's really it for me. I, I am really proud of those theme songs. Every show I've ever done. People who listen to RBR know that for well, RBR and my time on that show, I think we had 14 theme songs. I was proud of every single one of them, including the ones I made. Uh, and that's my honest, true motivation for wanting to make sure everybody gets to hear the songs. That's it. Okay, so I just want to lay this out there because I was here taking all the heat. Meanwhile, it and was your you channel. You're gonna take all along. <laughs> that's right. It was me all along, Denise. Did you you do all it for the bought rock? it. Yeah, yeah. Man, you know what, though? I'm going to be honest. I have a slight fondness for that moment um, as, in a way that I know it's made fun of constantly now where it's like you turned Rikishi heel and he was the one that ran down Stone Cold Steve Austin. And there's a million holes in that story that didn't make any sense. And then after three weeks, they were like, actually, it was Triple H and they backed off of all of that. That said, I was in the eighth grade when that happened. And in 2000, wrestling was so incredibly popular that that Monday when we knew they were going to reveal it 
we were all standing around. I remember it was lunchtime. Everybody standing around in the cafeteria. And people I didn't even know watched wrestling. There were girls around. Everybody was standing around trying to give their answers as to who they thought it was going to be. I was, like, certain it was Billy Gunn. And I'm like, it's going to be revealed to be Billy Gunn. He had all the motivation. Uh, it's Billy Gunn. And uh, everybody else had their answers. We were all standing around trying to give our answers out. And then we came to school the next day and we're like, Rikishi, huh? I guess. Uh, but either way, I have an incredible fondness for that moment. But anyway. Don't you love those moments that you remember where, like, something so good happened in wrestling that, like, even people you didn't know watched wrestling knew about it at school that day? Like, I remember these moments. And the moments that I remember was – um. Obviously, when uh, when they broke the ring, uh, Brock and Big Show, like mm -hmm. that was one of those moments where everybody the next day at school was like, oh, my God, did you see what happened? I'm like, you this whole time you watch wrestling. I, what? I know that's always been my disappointment is when I found out somebody watched wrestling and I'm like, I got to talk to you this whole time about pro wrestling. And I didn't have that. Yeah, and it's sad because I was, I don't know how many people here can like, uh, you know, can attest to this, but I was the weird kid at school that liked wrestling and nobody else joined me. I was alone in this. See, wrestling was growing well, up. Well, there was other kids, but they were like weirder than me. So I wasn't going to associate with them. I wanted <laughs> wait, somebody wait, wait, on wait, wait, my wait, wait, equal <laughs> level of weird. I was by myself on my level of weird. Wait, wait, wait. So first off, Denise... You were weird, but also but you I didn't had, want to be that weird. I know you, but you have standards and you're like, look, I don't want to associate with those guys. But like my thing was wrestling was like my entire personality. I don't know if you could see this room, yes. but I've had that belt it there was since mine I was 14. Too. I was bullied at school for being a wrestling fan. And I'm sure there's other people here in the comment section that if they grew up, you know, wrestling fans, they were probably bullied about it. My teachers made fun of me for it. Oh, see, I had. Uh, and I think I've told you this story. Maybe I haven't. But I had, shout out to Mr. Scott Foster. Mr. Foster, my uh, my social studies teacher in high school. Huge wrestling fan. He's actually the guy that really introduced me to, like, internet wrestling fandom because he was a uh, subscriber to The Observer. He'd bring in the newsletters to me. Um, and so he actually got me out of tests sometimes, too. There were times where he was, like, just wanted to talk wrestling. And so he'd be like, look. You got an A. Come here for a sec. And then he'd open the Observer and be like, did you see this? Like, you see what Meltzer's reporting? He introduced me to Dave Meltzer. He introduced me to a whole lot. I had a high school teacher who literally, it was one day I was just like sketching on a notebook. And I think I had just like sketched the WWE logo. And he came by and looked at it and was like, oh, a student who likes wrestling. And like, now that I'm 35, I fully understand like that joy of figure finding that out. But he was like, oh my God, I have somebody I need to talk to. And he like introduced me to everything. And he's the reason that I really got hard into internet fandom. And then he found my podcast like a couple years later. So again, <laughs> it's just kind of You need of to have thing. him on. You need to have your teacher on one of your podcasts <laughs> I would and love... like talk about this. Yeah, I would love to, to talk about that <laughs> I had that a totally <laughs> different experience, okay? I was bullied by my seventh grade teacher, Mr. Perez, okay? I will always remember Mr. Perez, okay? Because I don't know if you know this about me, Will. Some people do because they saw my YouTube video. But I had the biggest crush on Chris Jericho growing up, okay? He was my crush. Like, he was I, like, I you didn't know, know this. this growing up, okay. like, this was pre my pre-CM Punk crush. My pre-CM Punk crush was uh -huh. Chris Jericho. So he was my crush, right? And so I had a picture of him. And do you remember when he had, like, obviously the long hair and the ponytail but with the big big like extra giant beard yeah like 0203 yeah right okay so i had that picture on my uh on my folder 
And Mr. Perez, okay, humiliated me in front of the class. And I shit you not, he told the whole class that if I ever went on a date with Chris Jericho, that it was going to be horrible and that he was going to have food stuck all over his beard. Why would I <laughs> ever talk about this in front of the whole class? Why would he embarrass me like that? The I think that, that teacher stick- had it out for me. I, I mean, the things that stick with us is right. Is and there are crazy. teachers that are mean, by the way. Oh, yeah. Let's for not sure. forget this. There are mean teachers out there. Mr. Perez, he was one of them. I will, like I said, shout out Mr. Foster because he did. <laughs> you... uh, the, well, the, one of the things he was like super proud of was that. Um, so I guess this is a very Will Washington thing uh, because I used to keep stats. Uh, I used to keep like a little notepad of wins, losses. Like, the fact that AEW was like wins and losses matter and kept those records, that was like, that spoke to me because of the fact that I used to keep a notepad when I was in high school of everybody's wins and losses. And I, I wanted to see who had the most matches that year. By the way, in 2004, that was RVD. Um, but uh, I kept stats of everybody's wins and losses and all of that. And he, I showed my teacher that and he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And he was like, this is, this is the stuff you do. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I think he was like, I got to tell Dave Meltzer about this. And he, uh, I know he wrote into the Observer about it, um, that he had a student who was like obsessive about pro wrestling to the point of where he kept stats on all things. He's the one just wins and losses. I kept stats on like finishers, um, how many won by submission, how many won by pinfall. I used to keep all of that stuff. That was stuff that still to this day speaks to me. Um, and yeah, it, it ended up making that particular school year like much better for me um so again shout out i love this i feel like this is a topic that like people should like write us in and let us know afterwards tweet us or comment or whatever let us know if you ever had like a moment (laughs) like this where you were the weirdo kid what level of weirdo were you did your teacher have any interactions with you as a wrestling fan we need to know all this information let us know and let us know in the comments but also Give us a fuck Mr. Perez as well, because... Yeah, uh, seriously, screw Mr. Perez. Yeah. Sorry, Mr. Perez. Actually, I'm not sorry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sorry. I had way better teachers, and none of them was Mr. Perez. Uh, But we got his first Super Chat of the day. A friendly reminder, guys, if you do want to help support this podcast, you are more than welcome to send in a Super Chat at any point. Matt Logan sends one in saying, so Will, are you going to be at Full Gear? I'll be there, my first AEW pay-per-view. Will you be at Full Gear? Will. Yes, I will be at full gear. Uh, and yeah, we're both going to be at full gear. It's going to yes, be we are. Uh, a, a good time in, in Newark. Um, I'm currently, uh, last night I was kind of having a bit of a panic attack about uh, getting back to the airport in time uh, and how much sleep I'm going to get. So We never get any sleep on these AEW trips. Well, well mainly because I know that the media scrum will probably let out around two. And so it's like, am I going to get myself three hours of sleep before I got to start heading to the airport. I don't know. What time does your flight leave? Uh, I don't know. I think it's, it's super early in the morning. Like yeah, super so early. you get, you yeah. got the same deal. So either way, yes, I will be at full gear. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I think, I think it's true for Denise as well. Yes. Cause Denise and I have been at all the same media scrums this year, but we only missed one Tony Khan media scrum. And that was death. Before Which one was that ring of honor? Yeah. Death before dishonor in the summer. Oh Yeah. Yeah. All righty. That, that's the only one you and I missed, but we've literally been at all of them this year. 
Damn, that's pretty, that's pretty something special, I would say. <laughs> Matt Logan, thank you so much for sending in the super chat. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, let's get into this. Actually, we got one more here from Jonathan Hedman who says, I used to write title lineages instead of learning. I love this. This is really great. Like every little thing that we used to, our nerd selves used to do. Mm-hmm. Deontay Slanier sends in a super chat setting, spreading the love to Denise and Will ready for full gear. Thank you so much to Deontay and thank you for all the really great tweets that you're always sending in. It's much appreciate them. I see them all the time and they make me smile a whole lot. So thank you so much to Deontay. All right, so let's get into it. Let's go, Will. Uh, Here we go. We're going to kick things off with our third best of the week. This is how we roll. Uh, So, Will, you're up first. What is your third best of the week? Don't put me up first. You're because, always look, first. Look, this was one of those things that just popped me. Uh, and I can't even really say it was necessarily great, but it was great for pro wrestling. It was great for the industry. It was great for my particular viewership. It was something I had asked for. Uh, there's a tweet going back. It was my first Dear Triple H tweet, which I've n- written a number of Dear Triple H tweets. I know which one you're talking but, about. But uh, Wait, I, I think- wrote... I wrote a Dear Triple H tweet, and in that tweet, I basically said, as soon as he took over, it was the day he took over, it was announced he was taking over creative, and I said, just get rid of the 24-7 championship. It's got to go. Uh, and sure enough, now granted, this lost a point simply for the fact that Nikki Cross missed the trash can. But the point was still there. That, look, in, uh, in May of 2000. 19 maybe it was june possibly june i think it was june actually uh mick foley showed up on raw and introduced the 24 7 championship it's the ugliest belt of all time it was clearly a belt that they designed in like five minutes uh and but at least the idea might have been okay where okay, maybe it could be somewhere along the lines of the hardcore title with the 24-7 rules where where we'll see cool, unique scenarios and uh, they could find really interesting ways to present a championship. And granted, while it did have its moments with R-Truth, they had one idea for this thing, literally one, and it was somebody's in some shenanigans and gets rolled up. And they had nothing else. Everything was a roll-up. They had no other ideas for this thing. And, and literally, somebody called it the schoolboy championship. And I thought that's actually a perfect description. This thing ate up television time for literally three years. Thank you. That introduction right there of that terrible design of a belt. But we had these segments go on for three years. And again, nothing new ever happened in any of them. Now, credit where it's due. Hunter did not use this thing on TV, but what, three times since he took over Monday Night Raw. But at some point, it was time for it to go. And I'm really glad they ended it the way they did, which was simply by having uh, Nikki Cross. She beat Dana Brooke for the title and then just threw it in the garbage. (laughs) It wasn't even looking. That's how little, like she missed the trash because she wasn't even looking. That's how little this mattered. This thing has been one of the worst things on television since its inception. And we knew that. I, If you know anything about how Hunter views professional wrestling, you knew the first thing he saw was this title and was like, absolutely not. And it's gone. And if you ever need a confirmation that it's gone, 
WWE.com. It's now listed as a former championship. It's gone. History. It's toast. This deserves my recognition because it's one of the worst things to happen in the last 10 years. And then it's time to just let it go. Walk away. I completely and they do it agree in the, with you, Will. And they do it in the garbage. That's the other thing, too. The, the, the reason, like, it was so symbolic because in the past, Usually, WWE has gotten rid of championships that they don't need. Um, they got rid of the hardcore title, European title, uh, 24, or not 24-7, um, Cruiserweight. They've gotten rid of the Cruiserweight title. And usually, it's done ceremoniously. There's some kind of merger between belts. But they literally just threw this shit in the trash. And that, to me, <laughs> was the biggest, like, fuck this title moment one could possibly have. And I was so happy to see it. Thank you. It's gone. It's like we all just got together and we're like, yes, we are all in agreement that the 24-7 title sucks ass. And this is the thing, man. Every single week on the Raw Post Show, I kept saying, this is horrible. This is not good. What are we doing? I'm so bored. I hate this. You can come up with everything that I've said. And that's the thing. Like, there was some, I think, like, when I think back to the 24-7 championship, there were some good moments with our truth just because the guy is legitimately funny. So he was able to make that stuff work. Uh, I thought Reggie had some good little spots here and there because, obviously, he comes from that Cirque du Soleil background. So he was going to, you know, do impressive things that you could go, ooh, ah, about. But everything else was absolutely absolute hot garbage like to me the worst was when they started doing this whole love angle with Dana and Tamina and Tazawa and oh Reggie and the wedding oh my god it was during that period of this like the period of the 24-7 championship where I thought oh my god what am I doing like this has got to end and so I'm personally so freaking thrilled that we are over and done with the 24-7 championship, and we don't even have to pretend like it was a good time in our raw viewing lives. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, that, that point especially, we don't have to pretend, because uh, when I posted that, there were, I, I got some pushback on it, where I was like, just get rid of the 24-7 You're always going to get pushback on everything. You could be like, hey, user number two, I'm going to give you a million dollars, and someone on Twitter will be pushing back towards that. I know. There was just so there was pushback of like, oh, the twenty four seven championship's not that bad. It's like, no, yes, it is. Especially because the, thing, it, the concept, though, obviously, you know, with the hardcore championship, they could make a lot of cool stuff happen. They could have done a lot of cool stuff with it, but they didn't. That's no. the thing. It was lazy. It was lazy creative. Lazy, well, a, yeah, I wouldn't even a, call it creative. Right. There was no unique ideas happening with this thing, and I think honestly, nobody's better off for it. Like Tazawa, Tazawa's like. This is a world-renowned performer. Seen him. Whatever happened to Tazawa? <laughs> that no, was a world-renowned performer. I don't know. Probably in the trash can next to the 24-7 championship. I don't know. But either way, I am just thrilled. I am thrilled that we are moving on. That's my number three. All right. Well, that's a good number three, and I like it. Orion Ben 666 sends in a super chat saying, rip the 24-7 title, but I feel sorry for Truth and Dana. I mean, yeah. More so Dana, because I feel like Truth has at least been able to, uh, I mean, up until his injury a couple weeks right. ago, but uh, Truth was able to kind of move on. He was doing other things. He had been away from that title for a few months uh, and still on TV. Dana, on the other hand, that was kind of the thing she had. And, like, they hadn't even been using the belt on TV the last, what, three months? Uh, Since but, Triple H, yeah. Yeah, but really, it had been a house show thing. They were using it a lot at house shows. And so, uh, 
Um, I'm curious how they kind of filled that gap. Like, I don't even think people know how many title changes there have been over the last three months because they keep doing these house show title changes that consistently ended with Dana Brooke getting it back by the end of the night. But uh, they had done a lot with that belt over the last three months. So I, I do feel for um, Dana in that regard. Or who knows? I mean, in the way, it could be like something else for Dana to do now. Like she can move on to something else. Who knows? We don't know her feelings on the 24-7 title. I mean, and she might have different feelings, you know, because it at least gave her a little bit of spotlight on the show. So I guess we'll, you know, maybe find out someday. But we got another super chat here from Mr. CJ Lilly who says, I don't even count it as an Alexa Bliss accomplishment. The only time it was a top title and I'm done with her being a friend of Bianca and Asuka. Hmm, thoughts on this, Will? Uh, I mean, I'm not done with it per se. I am looking forward to, like, I'm very much looking forward to, um, to war, war games. games. Yeah. And, and what she's able to do in that scenario. So not just yet. I'm not done with her in that scenario, but I, I get it. I get that you want to see her doing more solo stuff. Yeah. But I feel like the war games idea probably crept into Hunter's mind. I would say around SummerSlam. And so I'm saying all that to say, just keep in mind that everything involving damage control, everything that's been involving Bianca being aligned with Asuka and Alexa was to get us to this point, to get us to a point of building two groups up to face each other inside war games. And now we've got three spots uh, that I think are going to be some major returns. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think, or do you think with a little bit of like, do you know something, Will? Or is this I don't just know you something. I'm, I, I mean, I'm my because guessing. I personally is... don't. I think it's going to be Mia, Rhea, and like Candice LeRae. Ah, I do I not expect it... it to be Sasha and Naomi. I think it's Sasha, Naomi, and Charlotte. I think it's all three. You honestly think so? I, th I the reason I think it's all three is one. I mean, they sold a ton of tickets in Boston for Survivor Series. Sasha Banks' hometown. There is no way in hell Hunter is stupid enough to do a mystery person thing going into Sasha Banks' hometown where she's traditionally gotten massive pops and not let her be one of those participants. There's See, no way. I'm not I completely sold on it being Sasha Banks and Naomi. I'm not. And the reason for that is like we've seen what she's been up to. And I feel like she's just seen this whole other world outside of wrestling. And I don't know, like, if and when she's returning back. I I just, again, TD Garden, it's her okay. home arena. <laughs> <laughs> like, the thing is, if it's not, they're going to shit all that's over what, the that's match. What, that's, what they have to, that's why if it's not them, they got to get rid of this mystery crap right away and oh, make yeah. an announcement stat, okay? If they, if don't they make... keep it, like, let's say they keep it, okay, it's still mystery, mystery up until the day of, then okay, then the chances have skyrocketed of it, 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 it being uh, Sasha and Naomi. But if not, like, they better be naming names fast. <laughs> yeah, if they don't name names, then uh, I think... Yeah, exactly. Then I'll change my answer. Once they don't name names... Like keeping it closer to the date, then I'll be like, you know what, Will, you were right. There's there's a good chance it's Sasha and Naomi. And then if it's not, then oh, good luck for Twitter that day. <laughs> good luck in that arena. They are gonna destroy yes. that match. Bro, so. we're talking about a riot. Yes. <laughs> Damn, I should go that day in that case. All right. <laughs> Mr. CJ Lilly, thank you so much for uh, sending this in and getting us going with this hot topic. But now it is my turn for my third best. 
of the week and you have no idea where my picks are landing today and here we go my third best was from uh aw and we had Sammy Guevara versus Brian Danielson in a two out of three falls. And this to me uh, had to go on my third best for the week. I thought it had to be named because I legitimately enjoyed this match. I particularly liked the way that they set it up. I liked that they had Sammy Guevara go in there with an actual, you know, sort of game plan to try and, you know, take down Brian Danielson, who we know is, you know, not an easy person to defeat. Uh, I like the way that they structured the entire match. And even like the ending, I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, I thought it made Sammy look really good on a time where he really needs it because, you know, Sammy has good matches. He does, but everything else surrounding Sammy has unfortunately, you know, hurt his, uh, I guess you can, I don't, I don't know if you want to say reputation or the way that people perceive Sammy, right? And reputation I feel like the fine. best thing to do is to have him go out there and have these good matches and remind people maybe why they should be fans. And I, obviously he's a heel, but still, uh, it, it's still like something where you want to maybe have a little bit more of, you know, just a reason as to why is this guy still here? Oh, okay, he can have, you know, good matches with people, right? And I particularly also like the, the fans when they're like, fuck you, Sammy. And then he does something cool and they're like, you still suck, Sammy. And that's pretty funny. But it's like, this is a guy that, you know, when you go back and you think about some of his big matches in AEW, they've been fairly freaking good and entertaining. And so um, I personally really enjoyed this match with Brian Danielson. So it had to be on my third best of the week. Thoughts, Will. You, you seem to disagree. This. No, not at all. I actually, I'm glad you put this on your list because I, I, I felt bad with this not on my list because Brian Danielson's my favorite wrestler ever, and I thought that uh, in this particular match, I agree with you. I, I was just reminded of how good Brian really is. Like I thought, Sammy did his part. He showed out. I know some people were mad that he didn't fully sell the Busaiko knee, whatever. Um, but I. I loved Brian here. I just feel like he wrestles in such a way that is captivating, that makes things look like a struggle. Um, I was just had that third act of the match, that that third fall, because it was two out of three falls, of course. But when we got to that third fall, I, it was just so much fun. It was so intense, and Brian um, was just in there reminding us why he is the goat i truly His think face he's all busted all yeah i mean bloody brian doing what he's got to do to keep sammy down was just great stuff um i especially loved the uh, labelle lock exchange at the end uh sammy struggling to to get to the bottom rope and and brian trapping the arm was just great stuff again brian does such a great job making professional wrestling look like a struggle um while at the same time you know allowing guys to get their spots in it's great stuff this was a great match. I had a lot of fun with it. It was a yeah. great event. I thought they worked well together too. Like even just that flow of just seeing them, like even just like seeing Sammy run the ropes, Brian, you know, just everything that they did there, I thought was pretty smooth, pretty fun, uh, very entertaining across the board. And it did, it, it is, it, that is something that you should bring up too, that you just did right now, which was Brian Danielson, you know, helping the younger talent look good. And that's also something that, I feel he definitely did in this match. So there you go. That was my third best. We got a super chat here from Matt Logan who says, I will be at Survivor Series. It's my hometown. No, Sasha, please. Cena, home arena is TD Garden. Wait, no, Sasha, please. What? I mean, look, Sasha's got her haters, and I'm sure Matt Logan here is one of them. <laughs> but look, you will be 
drowned out in that arena if you've been in the tv i would garden. not like if i like i'm not a sasha banks hater at all but if i were a sasha banks hater like i don't think i would be out there showing my sasha banks hate <laughs> i know her stands are, are, are i would get killed i would get murdered no thanks yeah. no the td garden though if you've been in that garden if you've been in the td garden for any sasha banks entrance you know how loud it gets in there for her um, as a matter of fact, you said Cena's home is a TD Garden. Cena's been booed in the TD Garden in his hometown as a babyface. What are we talking about? SummerSlam 06, they cheered Edge. <laughs> Matt Logan, thank you so much for sending in this super chat. And I guess we'll find out what the hell happens that day. Uh, thank you so much to Matt for sending this in. Alrighty, so on to the next one. Here we go. It is now time for Will's second best of the week. All right, well... I knew it was going to be good. I heard it was good, um, but I didn't know how good until we got to Rampage and we saw in the uh, Eliminator Tournament for full gear, Roosh take on Bandito. We knew it was going to be good. We, You put those two names on paper, you know it's going to deliver, and I thought these guys delivered a, a solid, solid banger. Um, and, of course, Bandito getting his All Elite graphic afterwards, which is kind of icing on the cake. But uh, this was a hoot. This was so much fun. Um, and uh, I especially appreciated the audience uh, very quickly suddenly learning Spanish. And uh, <laughs> um, it just added to the atmosphere of the match. I just had a lot of fun watching it. And everybody was kind of raving about it. Everybody who came out of Aganis Arena that night was like, if there's anything you watch out of Rampage, make sure you watch Bandito and Roosh. Um, I, like I said, I just thought that they delivered uh, across the board. It was my type of wrestling. It was fun. It was exciting. It was, uh, oh. Oh, don't worry. Yeah. Continue on, Will. <laughs> Continue on. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're saying you're boo-boo facing me. Are you learn a little bit from Sasha Banks here? What's happening? Uh, but the, no, I just, I had a blast with this match. Uh, and... I, you know, I was worried because it feels like Roosh is being presented as somewhat of a top guy, um, or at least has the potential to be a top guy. And so I was worried about the idea that I'm like, okay, there's no way he's winning here because um, then it's going to be a heel versus heel scenario. So it's got to be Bandito who gets the victory, but how do we protect it? And it looks like they did kind of protect it in a sense. I still feel like they're heading towards Roosh versus Hangman somehow, um, and that's why they're tying in the Dark Order. Regardless, lots of fun. Great match. I don't understand why Denise is giving me death daggers, though. So now yes, I'm these just are my death eyes. Me... Just FYI, these are my. I'm causing you harm. <laughs> okay, so let me explain to you why uh, I was rather disappointed, and I'm glad that people felt the way that you did. Trust me, because oh, th this okay. Uh, now I get it. Okay, Go because ahead. let me explain. So on Friday, I had to kind of run this down because I need you to change your perspective for a minute and get into my get into my body, get into my zone, walk a mile in my shoes here. Okay. All I... right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What? Taylor Swift. Okay, let's go ahead. Now I'm in Denise's body. <laughs> now let's you're go. in. Now you're walking a mile in my shoes. All right. When this match was announced as part of the tournament, instantly I was like, oh my God, this is the matchup that, you know, seeing the, the four matches that were announced, I was like, this is the one that I am most looking forward to. This is going to be a banger. This is going to be absolutely everything that it needs to be, right? And to me, it was a real big deal to even have that matchup uh, as part of this tournament. 
And I actually think that it did not live up to the expectations that I personally had. And maybe those are just my high standards, whatever. But I do have some, I do have some, some beef here. And this is my beef. First and foremost, a match like this, personally, I would have first and foremost put it on dynamite. I don't think this was a rampage match. Okay, fine. It's on rampage. Cool. Whatever. So it's on rampage. Why have the what probably the match that people were most excited for in your tournament right smack in like the middle towards the end of the show to me it should have been the opener or it should have been the main event and you want to know why because we got stuck with a super long ass commercial break that we got the first portion of this match was obviously Rouge starting the attack on bandito uh ahead of time right before the match and you know everything that they did on the outside okay fine then we go to commercial break by the time we come back, they're like, oh, here are some highlights of the cool shit Bandito did during this match that you missed because we were on commercial break. And I'm like, bro, I was waiting. I wanted to enjoy that stuff like in the moment. I don't want to see no highlight reel. Like I ain't watching for no highlight reel. Like I want to see it all unfold very nicely right before my eyes. Okay. So I thought that the placement of the match was not the best place to put it. I thought it kind of took away from the excitement of it in terms of placing it where they placed it. Then I hated and then finally, the match was obviously getting good because, you know, that's what you were expecting. A great match. Keep in mind, I was looking forward to this all week. Well, I didn't even paint this picture yet. The whole week, everything that got me through this was, oh, my God, on Friday, I get to watch Russian Bandito. Like, that was the thing that got me through the week. Okay. So finally, you know, the match picks the match. We finally get to enjoy it. And as I'm enjoying it, as like little hearts are popping out of my eyes and I'm having a bomb old time, all of a sudden, this ends with Jose, the assistant, getting involved, trying to take away the mask of Bandito. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. But I don't really like this. Then we have John Silver coming out and Bandito gets the win with a roll-up. Come on now. Will, that's not the finish I wanted to see. And I get, I get, you don't even have to explain to me why they did it and all of that. You actually just already spoke about that earlier. But I felt robbed, Will. And this is the way that I described it on my Friday show. I felt robbed. I felt cheated. I felt like I didn't actually get to enjoy like, they just gave me the bones, man. I didn't actually get to have some of the meat. That's how I feel about it. So, yeah, I was a little disappointed, Will. And I'm sure it was a different experience for the people in the arena. Because, again, they didn't have commercial breaks. Whatever. <sighs> I can breathe now. Take a breath. Oh, it was my second best pick of the week. I enjoyed it. Um, but that was, uh, no, I, I mean, I, I see it from your perspective. I can see right, it. Right, right. Especially with those expectations i guess i kind of have this idea you know the odd thing is i know you had said you would have rather not seen this on rampage crazy or, enough I, to no, me i would have liked if it was gonna be on Rampage, fine but put it in a spot where you're not like having to get moments of the match taken away from you you know usually we get the most out of you know the, the most opener. out of the match either the opener or the main event it's usually the opener because they only do the right, 90 second commercial break to start with this um, should have been placed in that light so that we could have been able to really fully enjoy it for what it was. Because I'll say this. I liked Rampage a lot this week. As a matter of fact, for being a taped episode of Rampage, I thought it was better than the live. Oh, yeah, I for thought, sure. I thought that this is more so what I wanted to see Rampage be. As a matter of fact, if the main event had had the original advertised Ricky Starks versus Lance Archer match, then having a full episode of Rampage that's essentially dedicated to a tournament sounds fantastic. And uh, I was almost disappointed that we didn't get the full 
episode the way it was originally advertised because I loved there being a theme throughout the whole episode and everything is supposed to be leading to this full gear. I thought it made Rampage feel more important than it has in the last couple of months. Um, I can agree with the idea of taking away from the match that it probably should have opened. I, I think that they probably saw, and I don't know why, um, but I was going to say Brian Cage and Dante Martin as a little bit um, right? more of a, a, a draw in that regard. I mean, cause I, I I'll, see it that way. Cause I'll also say Brian Cage has been on one the last couple of months. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on Grapsity yesterday, but that um, Brian Cage has been somebody who, we wrote off a year ago as like, eh, you know, he doesn't have much to offer anyway. But I will tell you, these last couple of months of Brian Cage, I've been pleasantly surprised and almost reminded that he does still have something to offer. And I think Prince Nana in his corner has done a lot to add to his presentation. Um, but no, I, I mean, I enjoyed Rampage as a whole. So like by the time it was over, I'm like, eh, it was fine. It was a <laughs> fine way to spend uh, an hour of my Friday night. And uh, in particular, I did like bandito versus roosh especially sorry i love this i feel like the chat is torn on here too i got some people saying how dare you be mad at commercials i'm not mad at commercials okay i understand how this works i'm not an idiot okay but i already stated my reasons as to why this should have been placed on a different part of the night so that we could have enjoyed more of it instead of getting robbed a little bit of it and then we got some people that are like oh yeah i fully agree so we are causing a little bit of a split here will but i love this because this is exactly what i want this podcast to be all right yes. difference of opinions coming to life here ladies and have gents. you noticed in the intro that before we fist bump there's a point where we're staring at each other with the word verses in between so like that was the purpose here is that yes i'm still pissed <laughs> like i'm heated right now okay i'm heated all right especially hold on i need to call out somebody here in the chat where'd they go money mark being mad about commercials is weird all right first and foremost i stated my reasons as to why and just taking the part of being mad about commercials that just tells me that you didn't listen to anything that i said so yeah now i'm going on a rant on money mark who poor guy just tuned in to watch the show and now i'm going off <laughs> all right sorry where are we at that's okay uh <laughs> it is what it is That's what it's it, what, so what's your so what's your second best denise all right my oh shit i haven't even done my second best here we no. go let's get the show back on the road my second best here is actually a two-parter don't worry i'm not cheating i'm not cheating because we got a glimpse of this on raw and then we got the actual match on smackdown and this is the Usos and uh, the New Day, okay? So we had the whole, you know, back and forth between them on Raw, which I thought was phenomenal. Uh, I really loved everything that they did uh, during this, you know, the arguments about who has it worse, whether it's, you know, uh, Xavier Woods saying that, you know, the Usos were there because they got tryouts because of their families and they had their family to guide them through this journey versus them. They had all this pressure where they had to build this YouTube channel just to even get noticed by their employer. Uh, just all of the back and forth that they did there. Oh, I was such a big fan of like that portion of it. Once Matt Riddle came out, I was like, all right, that's it. I'm done. Take my shoes off. I'm gonna go look somewhere else. Well, I mean, I obviously watch the show, but um, to me, that portion right there in the beginning was just 
very freaking great, like on point stuff. Then afterwards, uh, then we get the match on SmackDown. And I just first and foremost want to say like this was already they did a really good job of building up the importance of this match where it was like okay if the Usos win not only you know do they keep the championships but it's also you know uh the New Day's reign is gonna be uh you know done they're gonna become the longest reigning WWE tag team champions so the fact that they built up the importance for this and they did it on raw and they even did it you know obviously before crown jewel and then again here during the match i think michael cole did a phenomenal job of calling this match uh every time we had like a near fall or anything like that i thought he did a phenomenal job of really just like making it be like oh my god like really bringing the excitement to that so that was definitely something that i think um just helped overall but the match was obviously a lot of fun i mean it's what you would expect from the usos and the new day we got to see a lot of great stuff and seeing um the usos win it, it was kind of cool you know obviously i think most people probably had their bets in that the usos were going to get this win but it was just i think they did a really good job of making you think hmm what if what if they don't win here tonight? And then, you know, what does this mean for the bloodline? What does this mean for the championships? Whatever, right? So now they kind of have like this new addition to their, you know, list of accomplishments, right? So I loved all of this. I loved the match. I loved the moment on Raw. I loved the outcome. Uh, top to bottom, I thought it was great stuff. Nice. Anything else, Will, you want to add to this? Nope. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. I can read minds here. Um, all right. So, Will, before we get on to our uh, worst pick of the week, um, have you started some of your holiday shopping? I have started some of my holiday shopping. I have. Okay. But I'm sure you need some ideas, right, as to what you should buy for the holidays? It's more so I think people need ideas for what they should buy for me. Yeah, okay, whether you want to buy a gift for Will, or your friend, your family member, or even if you need something for yourself, ladies and gentlemen, the holidays are just around the corner, which means it's time to shop for your friends, your family, or even send out your very own wish list. Either way, whatever you do, make sure to add Smack Talk Showdown to your wish list. No other game will make you or your friends laugh harder while getting to talk smack to each other and if you ask me that's the best thing you possibly can do now i own this game will has played this game with me and it is honestly a blast smack talk showdown is a wrestling card game where players get to play as silly characters while doing funny things basically whatever the cards tell you if you want to see how this game works and how much we legitimately have fun while playing you can check out my promo wars playlist which is here on my youtube channel and you'll see what a good time it is so once you see how much fun it is and what a great gift it makes head on over to smackdownshowdown.com and purchase the purchase the game excuse me um, plus, we have a very special offer for our viewers only. You get a special $5 off your entire purchase. You heard that right. $5 off your entire purchase when you use the promo code DENISE. That is right in capital letters, DENISE. Um, get $5 off your entire order. Head on over to SmackTalkShowdown.com. You do not want to miss out. Uh, your, your parents, your sisters, your brothers, your nephews, your nieces, whoever's on your shopping list this Christmas. Christmas season. Uh, we'll have a great time playing this game. Uh, SmackTalkShowdown.com, $5 off your entire order with the promo code Denise. The link 
is in the description box below. And shout out to our sponsors for sponsoring us. All righty. Will, next up, we got a super chat here. We got a couple of super chats. We got uh, one from Orion Ben 666 who says, my commercial rant, having the break include the Wendy's Biggie ad during this match was a mistake. Made me go, why didn't we have Biggie at least announce? I tweeted this a while back. Uh, when was it? God, I think it was on Raw when I saw this commercial. They should have gotten Biggie to promote the Biggie bag. It was right there, right there. Have you seen this commercial, Will? Mm -hmm. Of course I have. Uh, and yeah, it's easy promotion uh, i'll talk about a little bit of this in, in just a bit folks spoilers okay okay all right i'm ben 666 thank you so much for sending in this super chat i really appreciate that all right so let's get into this guys it is now time for our worst pick of the week will what is yours all right mine is usos and now i'm kidding um <laughs> it is <laughs> uh you know i thought one thing had this in the bag but then last night everything changed uh because i have to give the ultimate shout out because it's probably the only time they'll get a shout out on this show and it is to our friends over at the uh national wrestling alliance otherwise known as the nwa who in their uh aptly titled hard times show this week you watched it Oh, no, not a chance. But um, it's more so the result. Because it'd be one thing if they didn't spend the whole week basically talking about... Uh, and it's funny. We just talked about this on Grapsity. We didn't intend to be the catalyst for a whole lot of this conversation. But somehow we were. Uh, in that Billy Corgan, of course, was interviewed about... Um, various things relating to upcoming NWA pay-per-views. Uh, and he was asked about there being another Empower pay-per-view. And he had a bone to pick with statements made by one Maria Kanellis. And my brain went, Maria Kanellis? Didn't she make those statements in an interview with us? And so then I went and uh, I clicked the, the link and I was like, yeah, she sure did. That's what this was all in reference to. Uh, and basically it was, it, it spawned this whole discussion over whether or not there's uh, enough women in the industry that could work the NWA style, as it were, to produce another Empower pay-per-view. Could it be successful? And you got, you had guys like Trevor Murdoch chiming in, talking about, well, you know, yeah, there's plenty of women out there, but can they really work our style? You want to talk about our style. Tyrus, are you kidding me? What is your style if Tyrus is your champion? Is the style old and can't work? Because if so, then yeah, there's probably not enough women out there. But Tyrus is your world champion. Tyrus, the NWA World Championship, considered by not many to be one of the most prestigious championships in the history of, of the biz. It definitely, that 10 pounds of gold does have a strong, strong lineage. But it ends here because... Uh, Look, I wasn't even one of those guys that, like, truly hated on Brodus Clay back in the day. Like, I thought he stunk. But at the very least, um, you know, he, he popped people every once in a while. And I got the joke behind the gimmick because they had spent all those weeks building up to the debut of the monster of Brodus Clay. And then it turns out he's the Funkasaurus and ha, 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 this is a funny gag. But then at the end of the day, the guy, like, truly had nothing to offer in the ring. Now take that and add 10 years because not only is he that 
but he also doesn't have anything to offer in the ring. That spot that's been going around of him slow diving off the second rope and uh, then landing on his feet and then rolling, that's what he, that's Brodus Clay in the ring. That is Tyrus. I'm not even going to get into the political side of things, but that's also obnoxious as shit as well. And like a complete goon, he takes his belts with him to these, uh, to his political spots. Whenever he's on Fox News and doing the thing, he's always got a belt on his shoulder, which you would think is one of those, hey, this is a good promotion for the, uh, for the brand. No, he looks like a fucking geek when he does that. Continue Just on. Just everything surrounding NWA. There we are. Tyrus. Look at him. He looks like Father Time. <laughs> Tyrus is your <laughs> NWA world champion on a week where the NWA representatives had the nerve to talk about the women of the industry. You made Tyrus your world champion. Get the fuck out of here. This is the worst thing of the week. Now, Will, for me, it is so bad. I Look, I'm going to be real with you. Um... NWA isn't even on my radar. I, I don't even like, I don't like when I have to cover it because I have to like talk about the news. It's been like one time. And that one time was this week because obviously I had to discuss the whole situation with Billy Corgan and Nick Aldis and all of that. But I do not watch NWA. And I feel bad because, you know, there are some people that, you know, I know that they're part of the roster that, you know, this is not a real opportunity for them. But the product is so bad, so bad. It's so boring and just so like bad that I can't even get myself to even care. So I completely Look, agree with you on being the worst of the week. I liked it to start. Like I will say, and granted, the, and the, reason, yes. it, the reason it changed, was there was legitimate reasons for it to change. Um, because at the end of the day, um, there was uh, – so when the brand launched in 2019, when it, NWA Power launched, that was actually an entertaining show. I found myself watching it pretty much every Wednesday morning. I would throw it on, and uh, I would always find myself walking away from it pretty entertained. I also, for those who may remember, participated in an episode of um, in an NWA episode way back that's now scrubbed from their um, YouTube, and you have to pay to find it, so I'm not even going to link you to it. But uh, I did get to do some commentary over an episode. All of that said, uh, when the show went down um, due to the pandemic, and then obviously in 2020, um, Dave Lagana, head of creative for NWA uh, Power in particular, um, he was, of course, uh, a lot came out about him and speaking out. And uh, it turned out that he was actually let go from WWE for some of the same stuff. So good. We got Dave Lagana out of here. Should have been gotten out of here. But they didn't replace him with anybody creative. And so when they returned... Uh, the show just didn't have any of the spark that it had once before. And it's been a struggle ever since. And uh, I have checked out as many shows as I can to see if they could find just a little bit of what they had in 2019. Um, back when they did have Ricky Starks there. Back when they did have Colt Cabana there. Back when they had um, Thunder Rosa. When the show did feel like it was on a little bit of a roll. But they do not have it anymore. And when you talk about anybody, when you talk about NWA as a promotion, you talk about what's worthy of being on an NWA product. The answer, you guys, should be anybody that's willing to work this show because the show fucking sucks. And instead, they went on about people who are worthy of 
what the brand has to offer. And the fact is, like, Tyrus? Tyrus, are you kidding me? Tyrus. Shit out of here. Tyrus. I'm it's, sorry. I'm done. No, it's okay. I, I, It's fine because I feel like I'm just glad you're not like an NWA super fan or else we probably wouldn't be bonding on this podcast. No, <laughs> no but I'm the NWA super fan. But Will, it's just so bad. And I've gotten like, here's the thing. And I'm going to be completely realistic with you. Now, I've met Billy Corgan. He's a very nice guy. Um, you know, very nice guy. I love his music. Love, love, love his music. I have so much respect for him as a, as a musician, as an artist, as all of that. With that being said, I think he has done a really just not great. I'm trying to be nice here. This is me being nice. I don't think he's done a great job with the NWA. In fact, I think he's probably one of the worst people in terms of like running his company and just like what we're seeing be put on there. Okay. Like it's so bad that I won't even watch. Even if you were like, you know what, Denise, we're going to pay you X amount of monies to cover NWA on a, you know what, do a one month show once a month, recap what's happening on the NWA. I would say, you know what, pass. That's how bad it is. I wouldn't even want to get paid to watch the show. Okay. And that's rough. I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. Now on top of that, I, you know, we need to talk about this too, because, and Sheldon Jackson brings it up here on a super chat saying, I thought Will was going to go with the Nick Aldis, Billy Corgan situation, talking about the business in public for everyone to see. I have so many questions here in terms of Brut when um when Nick Aldis was Brutus Magnus, uh, you know, an impact, I was such a big fan. I, I loved Brutus Magnus. I know, right? I was a fan. You know, color you shocked, whatever. I was a fan of Brutus Magnus. And again, another really nice guy who, you know, I got to meet when I was working with uh, you know, what are the companies out here? And um, so with that being said, I always thought like, oh, this guy's going to go out. You know, he has a great look. He's going to go out and do all of these really great things and this and that. I don't know why he spent so much time in NWA. But like, why? I, like, I mean, I know the, mon the, the, the money is probably the reason, clearly. No, I, I, I think there was but why? A, a, I think there was a sense of loyalty to trying to bring the championship back to prominence because a five year the, loyalty at I one know. point you realize this ship ain't going anywhere. I know. Right. But like that NWA title, I think he wanted to be the name tied to it. Right. Because th there have been a lot of guys whose um, legacies are tied to the championship. Jeff Jarrett, like when you think about Jeff Jarrett and, and uh, his most prolific title reigns it's really the nwa title right and you think about um even guys like uh adam pierce and there have been some names who have held that championship that have uh cemented their legacies with it and i think he wanted to be that guy and i think again speaking out killed a lot of shit as far as uh these guys were concerned because um another guy who uh looked like was going to have a probably the feud that was going to make Nick Aldis in that championship was about to be Marty Skrull. And then that ended up not happening and for good reason. Um, but I think he just saw being able to put something on the map. And when you can be that guy, I can see sticking to it. Um, but I think even he knows what's, what's on the wall now and, and wanting to walk away. Look, I, 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 
never mind. I'm not going to say what I was about to say. Uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, gonna say he also like, you know, he, so he, I didn't get to watch the video that he posted on Instagram because I guess he deleted it ra rather quickly or whatever um, after, you know, the controversy and everything, but it was stated on there that he was calling the NWA product embarrassing. Right. And then he kind of took back, took that back a little bit. Right. But I'm thinking like, well, to me, like I would just wait until I was completely done with the NWA before I went out and like spoke all this shit, right? Like, wouldn't you think like just maybe wait a bit until you're actually done with the company to actually do this? And then like Billy Corgan coming on and then saying like, oh, is this a, I think he's working. It was just such a bad attempt at trying to save face for the company. And in, I mean, I'm not even gonna get into the all like the empower stuff because all of that was just a big giant stinker man where okay. i'm looking at that and it's like okay if you were god putting on the best freaking god forsaken product out there i would be like you know what maybe this guy knows something i don't know but when you're putting a horrible product tyrus is your champion and uh you know you're out here talking shit about the women and this and that like i hated that so much to the point where it was one of the things i didn't even want to talk about you're so just like seeing what they're saying it's just so bad like what the hell? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you buried? Like trying to bury all these people? Like, no. it's Awful. a lot. It's Awful. a lot. Okay. Um, I do want to answer. A, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I want to answer a question from the up. chat really quick. Be just because uh, Christopher asked. So if you had to bet NWA was to sell uh, and one company was going to buy it, who would it be? A W W E. Um, here's the thing, guys. All the worthwhile footage of NWA, WWE already owns. The only thing they don't own are the championships. Like, do they want power and all of that shit? I don't. I don't really know what the value is in owning any of that. Uh, and so any valuable footage, as far as they're concerned, is already owned elsewhere. When Nick, uh, sorry, when Billy Corgan bought the NWA, he didn't get much as far as like footage was concerned. He got the rights to the name and he got the rights to the belts. If I were any existing promotion right now, I don't want any of those belts. Um, I have championships that have plenty of prestige. And now I have about like, even if, you thought the NWA world title was worth owning. Now you're stuck with Tyrus in the lineage. So no, I, I wouldn't sell to anybody. I would let it, Just I mean, let, let Billy do what he needs. Yeah, let it rest. It was already dead when Billy bought it. And we're just here now. Yeah, and I just, I do want to point out, like, there are good people that do work for NWA, and it's just like, you know, I get it. Like, sometimes you just need an opportunity, and getting booked, getting a job, period, at the end of the day is what you're looking for, but the product itself is just not worthwhile. But there you go. Tyrus is champion. Go buy a t-shirt. Sam Fine sends in a super chat saying, first time joining with Will as guest. Uh, I like it. Will's a permanent, yes. permanent person here. Yes, permanent. This, is, th this is more house. <laughs> You've been tattooed on this show. You are permanent. Yeah, you see that down there where it says Will Washington and has my name? That graphic doesn't change. This is... A... I pitched this show to Denise. This is... <laughs> <laughs> guest. I have a guest in my house. Okay, never mind, never mind, because I was gonna about to spoil something. Never mind, never mind. But Sam Fides, thank you so much for the super chat. It's very oh. much appreciated. Let me catch up with everything here really quickly. We got another super chat from Devil Kazuya27 who says Magnus's debut at full gear to join Jeff Jarrett and GFW. Oh, the I think the AW audience would hate this a whole whole uh, lot. Although but I will say, if Jeff Jarrett, because again ultimate finesse Jeff Jarrett if he were to somehow out of this AEW run of his 
get GFW back off the ground, I my tombstone would just say Will Washington died laughing. Um, because <laughs> I I don't know if I would find anything funnier than that. So I don't know, maybe. <laughs> okay. Well <laughs> sorry I pictured the whole thing. My apologies. It's okay. All right. Um, okay. Where do I even go with this? I mean, like, and here's the thing, like, I like, I mean, I'm not even gonna get into the whole Jeff Jarrett stuff again, because everybody was so mad at me last time, because I'm actually a Jeff Jarrett fan. And everybody was like, how dare you, Denise, this and that I broke a lot of hearts out there, you know, but, um, but that being said, like, you know, Je Jeff Jarrett, for the most part is, you know, loved by people and promoters and stuff. He's worked pretty much everywhere at this point. Um, so you know, we'll see what the hell happens. And I wouldn't be surprised. Do you think we could expect Nick Aldis in, in AEW? Or do you think he'd uh, probably go to WWE? At some, at some point. Uh, so the hard part is, uh, I mentioned this on Grapsity yesterday. So sorry if I'm repeating a point. But uh, WWE is very much in this mode. And maybe it'll change. But right now the mode uh, seems to be pretty solid. Which is that they're not debuting new people on the main roster everybody that's come to the main roster in the last in during the triple h era has either been an nxt call-up or has been in the company previously but as far as new people are concerned they're kind of being brought into nxt and that seems hunter has implied that that's kind of how the system's going to work there's even a story in the observer this week about how part of the reason bandito chose aew over wwe is the fact that um he didn't want to move to orlando his family and, his wife didn't yeah, want to move to yeah move out of mexico yeah right and he wasn't trying to live in orlando and <laughs> and start with nxt i get all of that so um all that said thinking about nick aldis where he is in his career right now could you imagine starting him in nxt um and so like i feel no one should bring him in if they don't already have a creative plan for him that's pretty much my bottom line i think that it's not that he's a bad worker because i don't think he is i don't think he doesn't have anything to offer but i don't yeah. think he's somebody that you can just kind of bring in and let toil the way that uh aew is kind of known for this last year and that wwe has been doing with all these returns he is somebody you should have something creative for if you're going to bring him in right and again i think i do think like if he were to go to wwe for something i think he'd he fit in pretty well for the most part. They have something for him, like you said, some creative idea. I wouldn't see any harm in that, you know. Um, here we go. We got a, a super sticker from Edward Perez. Thank you so much to Edward Perez for sending in this super sticker. It's very much appreciated, seriously. Um, okay, so let's let me just catch up with everything. All right. Um, now it's on to my worst pick. Jesus, I went off so much on your worst pick. It should have been mine. It's okay, I'll um, have plenty to say about yours. Oh, okay, great, great. Okay, here is my worst pick of the week. And I think everybody already knew this. They knew that like when like the moment happened, it was the thumbnail. The absolutely, absolutely nobody is surprised whatsoever. And that is the Austin Theory cash in. God, where do I even begin? Like my reaction to this on the Monday Night Raw post show was literally just like, what did Austin Theory do to Triple H? Like, I don't know how else to say this. Like, <laughs> I know that I wasn't the biggest Austin Theory fan, and I'm not even going to pretend like I was, okay? I'm not even pretending that. But I legitimately feel so bad for him with the way that all of this was done. Having him go out there on a night where Seth Rollins issued an open challenge for the U.S. title, having him cash in for the U.S. title went 
let's like I don't want to be like a jerk or anything but let's be real like the U.S. title is just getting a little bit back of that you know positivity but other than that like it's barely started to get back up there right and um again I don't want to be a jerk but let's be real like he didn't I don't think his first choice was to cash in for the U.S. title it was clearly you know to get the undisputed WWE Universal Championship and all of that right um it wasn't for the U.S. title that's one thing on an open challenge night he comes in and cashes in it's like how bad can you make somebody look like you make them look dumb in terms of the writing of all of this? Then he goes out there and I'm thinking, okay, fine. If he wins the U.S. title, good for him, right? Gives him something cool. We get some sort of payoff for this, I guess, you know, whatever. On top of this, the man gets beaten alive. Uh, he loses his match uh, to Seth Rollins. Bobby Lashley literally kicks the living shit out of him. I mean, the man was stomped down, spit on and stomped down again to the point where I'm like, what did he do to Triple H? What did he do? What does he know? Does he know a secret? What's going on here? This was so bad. They did Austin Theory so dirty here. And I know, trust me, I know I was not one of the biggest fans of Austin Theory here, but I still think he has plenty of more upside than some of the other people that I've been seeing where I'm like, you know what? Granted, I wasn't the biggest Austin Theory fan, but that doesn't mean that things weren't getting better. That doesn't mean that uh, that there could have been something more down the line. And it's got to the point where I feel they killed his reputation to the point where if you want me to take Austin Theory seriously in a month from now, how can I after the events that unfolded here on Raw? So that is personally why this is my worst of the week. Um, Will... So, How did you feel about this? So, uh, first of all, the uh, the chat was having so much fun with this picture. Um, <laughs> What's wrong with the picture? Oh, it kind of looks like he's doing butt stuff. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> hey, I got this picture because I it was the best one with his face. Like, because in YouTube you have to post pictures with people's face showing. And so that's why I chose this picture. I went on WB.com and this was the best one that they had with Austin Theory's face on it. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is like the back or like an action sequence. So <laughs> this one works the best. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't think about butt stuff until you said it and I looked at it twice. I honestly wasn't either. And then I saw the chat and I thought, oh yeah, I see it now. Okay, and now I can't unsee it. Great, now I did Austin Theory more dirty than Triple H. <laughs> Um, my thoughts on this, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, but I have to say the pieces of it that make it worse are the fact that, uh, money in the bank's reputation has been done very dirty these last couple of years to the point of where I did a count and some were up for debate, but at least in my personal opinion, um, I only think there's been like of the what, 28, 29 money in the bank winners. Maybe 10 of them had like successful cash-ins and reigns that followed. Everything else has been somewhere between eh and a complete dud. And this one didn't necessarily have to be. I'm not saying that Austin Theory should have been the guy to beat Roman. Would never say that. I don't think he'll ever be the guy to beat Roman. But what I am saying is that you had seven months to figure something out. Um, because it's not like the thing was expiring tomorrow. Uh, there was plenty of time with this. There was plenty of time. There, I've seen a lot of people saying, well, this gives them a chance to reboot theory. Could have done that without this. Uh, 
Because one, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like you said, this was a night with an open challenge. What are you, fucking idiot theory? Like, why would uh, you could have, I don't know, cashed in five minutes prior? Uh, the other thing here is that we already have an established precedent that the money in the bank is for a world championship shot. There has never been any precedent prior to this night. Well, that it could I be interviewed used. Theory. I have clips of Theory saying he was going to cash in or tried to cash in for the actual, you know, championship, not for yeah. the U.S. title. Right. And that represents a problem in itself, right? That the WWE product right now, just this week, we have this World Cup going on. Excited for the World Cup, all the competitors in it. It just sounds awesome. But uh, it's all for a shot at the Intercontinental title. We just had the money in the bank, something that has been won, again, like I said, 29 times. Um, and what, I think 20... 25 of them were, uh, no, 24 of them were for the men's world championship. This time it's for the United States title. And my only point I'm going with here is that nobody on this show seems to care about the world championship. Nobody. The last contender for the world title was Logan Paul. Granted, while he delivered in his match, it was a title shot that was established on a podcast, and nobody on the show ever seems to be talking about, hey, I want a shot at the world title. So I also feel like they haven't done service by the world title. But the thing that really just gets me here is you didn't have to do any of this. You didn't have to, you didn't have to do this. Uh, and theory has already had a little bit of an uphill battle in his career. For somebody that's been dubbed since the Evolve days as the next John Cena, God, he's had to be rebooted so many times. When you look at uh, Austin Theory debuting in 2020 um, on the main roster I'm talking about as part of Zelina Vegas faction, and everybody looked at that faction and went, somebody here doesn't fit, and it's not Angel Garza, and it's not Andrade. It's definitely Austin Theory. And then they made him Seth's disciple, and he just disappeared from television. And then he ended up back in NXT, and they brought him up from NXT, but he became Vince McMahon's selfie guy. And it was like, man, they have set him up with so many uphill climbs. I don't think he should have won Money in the Bank in the first place. He was not the guy for it. He was not the right guy for it. But all that told me when he won Money in the Bank is that they had no ideas. And so it was like, well, let's at least play, put it on this placeholder. And as a placeholder, you could have found something for him. And the fact that they did him the way they did him all uh, for the last three months where he got, what, two wins in the last uh, since he won the Money in the Bank, maybe three. And then he goes out like this. None of this was any good. Uh, I suppose I did pop for the way he lost in that uh, I thought he was going to be the first Money in the Bank winner counted out. He, of course, gets up at 10, runs in, gets stomped, one, two, three. Okay, I popped for that. Uh, but then I looked up and I went, what happened here? Like, honestly, I know people are saying, uh, you know, this is a chance to retool the Money in the Bank. No, put the money in the bank in the drawer for like five years. Uh, I don't want to see it again see, for a little while. See, but that bums me out because I'm a fan of the money in the bank. Like, I like the money in the bank matches. I just wish that it actually meant something. I, but I'm I, a fan of the concept, though. I like the money in the bank as a ladder mm -hmm. match, but I've been saying for a little while, they've run out of ideas as far, unless you have a new idea, unless Hunter is like, I to got To me, a it's an easy way to get some 
thing entertaining on your show if you have the right person winning it. But no, that's the thing is all the cash-ins have been the same these last few years. And I am tired of seeing world titles change hands in matches that were two minutes long. Like at this point, if, if, if that, some of them have been like 10 seconds, depending on how the cash-in went. You got to come up with a new idea. If Hunter doesn't have a new idea, put money in the bank away for a few years. Um, because I feel like they have stomped all over the uniqueness of what made Edge's cash-in so good. And it was like, oh, this is a creative idea. Can't believe Edge just came in after a match ended. You got a bloody John Cena, and he took advantage of it. And now we've seen that 20-something times now. I'm over it. Do something else. Find a new way to crown contenders. But I think Money in the Bank is done as a concept. And uh, I think shitting on theory the way they did i agree with you I, the only reason i didn't make this my worst is because one i knew you would and, yeah. two, <laughs> and two i wanted to give tyrus a brief but uh that's i agree well it's safe it's to fine. say tyrus ain't a fan of our podcast <laughs> yes <laughs> matt logan sends in a super chat saying elite on wednesday night question mark uh hob also getting gearing oh uh house of wait. black Oh, House of Black. I'm a hob, hob. <laughs> House of Black also gearing for a return. Yeah, I'm really excited about. Um, I've been liking what they've been doing, those uh, vignettes that they've been doing with Julia Hart and bringing back the House of Black to life. I like all of that. Uh, do you think that the Elite are going to be coming back this coming Wednesday? I think we at least get the announcement of the match. I don't know if they show on Wednesday, but I think that now that we know Death Triangle and their Death Triangle facing top flight and ar fox if you are a fan of spots this match is going to be for you and by that i mean me um but yeah as soon as that match is over i bet you some form of challenge exists whether it's ha uh death triangle making the challenge to the elite or the elite actually showing up and making the challenge but we know the match will be on the card by the end of dynamite on wednesday um and then as far as house of black is concerned where do they fit in with this uh, I, I think if I were booking it, I would have them show up after the match at full gear to challenge the winner. The elite. Yeah. If the elite win the, the, I mean, they got to win. Back. Well, yeah, they got to, yes, they got to, but if the elite win the, uh, the trio's titles back, then I would immediately have like house of black show up and give kind of a holy shit stare down of like, we want our hands on those and then spend weeks because all of those singles match comp uh, combinations all sound like they would absolutely hump. Um, uh, are you kidding me? Seeing Malachi versus Kenny, or seeing Matt or Nick Jackson versus uh, versus Buddy? Um, hell, there are so many combinations. I would love to see their one on one before we get to that actual match. Give me all of this. House of Black and Elite coming back. Yes. Caden C sends in a super chat saying, Denise, you going to full gear? If so, favorite Disney character. Yes, I'm going to full gear. And my favorite Disney character is Mulan because she is a badass biatch. Uh, we got Jason Major who sends in a super chat saying, Shane O'Mac loses his Saudi trophy. Abron kept his. God, I still can't believe Shane won that, by the way. That was, that was something. I wanted, you know, honestly, just for the sake of keeping up the canon, there was a piece of me that was hoping when Braun faced Omas at... Uh, crown jewel that he came out with the the green saudi arabia belt is just like a reminder that braun won the saudi arabian championship and he hasn't defended it yet that should be a belt that's like only defended at those shows why not edwin b sends in a super chat saying pipe bomb question for full gear media scrum would be interesting but i think unlikely if roh gets a deal what day and time do you think it's on i think tony's been asked this hasn't he 
Um, I don't think because there's no answer out there. I mean, the hard part is whatever time and date they announce, there's so much wrestling out there. There's no toes they're not stepping on at this point in time. So, what do you mean, start Tuesday Wars? Maybe do a Tuesday? I think a Tuesday, Tuesday Wars. War. Yeah, a Thursday Tuesday Wars. They can use Thursdays too because it's like you can use Dynamite to promote it the night before. I, I have no idea, to be honest. because Or again, maybe it could be like a segue into Rampage where it's like then it would go head-to-head with SmackDown, which would be, I, I don't know, that'd be, a little, that'd, be, yeah. that'd be rough, yeah. There's no toes they're not stepping on by putting the show on anywhere because there's so they much. They can go on right Sunday now. morning and run against us. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, I'll Edwin see you, D. Bobby Cruz. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I love Bobby because Bobby is actually um, my boss for WWA. Uh, and so <laughs> check out all the content I do at WWA and because uh, Women's Wrestling Alliance rules. Bobby thank Cruz. you <laughs> thank you to edwin b for sending in this super chat seriously um all righty so it's about that time and let's get into our first best of the of the week so let's time it's time to cleanse our auras get rid of all of the things that upset us during the week and it's time for the best of the week so will what was the best thing you saw in wrestling this week best thing i saw in wrestling this week it's already been talked about is the usos in the new day um now i have on the record stated that these are two of my favorite tag teams of all time. I think this is up there, if not the greatest tag team rivalry of all time. Um, definitely one of. Uh, just thinking about the fact that this is a rivalry that truly goes back to both teams ha- being completely different. Like when you think about the first New Day in Usos match, it was the Usos in their original form with the, the original entrance and the New Day as heels. Um, and this has just gone on for so long, and we've seen so many different iterations of it, uh, that, of course, the New Day being the team that had the longest reign in WWE Tag Team Championship history. And uh, if there's anybody that should have been challenging that, it should have been the Usos. I loved the segment on Raw, except for it was kind of a shitty crowd. But then again, that's the thing we keep saying every week, so maybe it's just a thing with these crowds. But... Uh, the crowd brought it down, but otherwise I thought it was a great segment where they were both making really aggressive pointed points. Uh, I really liked uh, just how much sense Xavier was making here and how much the new day, because it has been so important to their personalities and their legacy to be the longest reigning WWE tag team champions. Uh, There was a lot on the line here. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the match. Um, And, I think these two teams always consistently deliver opening SmackDown. This had a hot crowd on the other hand. SmackDown, they were very into this. Uh, this was a very exciting match that at no point did I ever think the Usos were going to lose because just look at where the Usos are right now. Uh, it's not going to happen. But at the same time, uh, I liked the fight that the New Day put up. I think the New Day is the greatest act in the history of pro wrestling. And... Uh, the only disappointment I had here was that I would have loved to have Big E here in some capacity, even if it was just uh, on commentary or something. But regardless, this was phenomenal. This was my favorite thing this week. These are my two favorite teams. I enjoyed everything about this. Denise really laid out a lot of why this was great, but I get why her number one is her number one. I haven't even said my number one. <laughs> Jesus, Will. 
<laughs> All right, me numero uno. Here we go. Um, my number one pick for this week and the best thing I saw or that I really enjoyed, definitely. Why are you rolling your eyes? <laughs> I'm not rolling my eyes. What I'm actually doing is looking at the description of this show. Oh, uh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Just making sure. I mean, it was in the description of the show. Um, my number one pick was definitely Soraya and Britt Baker's uh, promo uh, back to forth, back and back to forth, back and forth that they did um, on Dynamite. And the reason why I really enjoyed this was because, well, you and I were here talking about when I had to vote uh, pages, uh, excuse me, Soraya's promo on the second week that she did on Dynamite, her promo, I voted it one of the worst things we'd seen that week. That was so, it was, you know, it was what it was, right? We already spoke about that. But this to me was the first thing that they did in this Brit Soraya feud that actually meant something. I felt that this really, really needed it because Soraya coming back and wrestling, it's a big freaking deal, right? And for, it was like she came back and it was the big moment. And then the following week, it was, everybody was talking about how horrible the promo was and the excitement, I think, for Soraya kind of felt like it faded. And I thought, oh my God, like, you know, they really need to um, find a way to get people to be, you know, interested in this again. We know that this is going to be a match at full gear whenever they do announce it, but what can they do to make people just get a little bit more excited about Britt and Soraya? And one of the things that I had said the week before was Britt is so good at like the trash talking and I love her on the mic and all of that. I want to see some of that unfold here. And when... Soraya did that interview with uh, Renee Paquette. She was so natural and just having a good time talking. And I'm like, okay, we need that plus what Brit can do and really make some magic here. And this was finally the first thing that they did where I'm like, yes, this was a great way to um, promote this match and to kind of make it feel, you know, special all over again, like the same feeling you had when Soraya uh, came back uh, to wrestling when she debuted on AEW. So the other thing that I really loved too was really just the back and forth here because like I mentioned, Britt was really good at the shit talking. So when she was coming out here and she was saying that, because, uh, you know, Soraya saying like, oh, this is my house. This is my house. If I were Britt, hell yeah, I'd be pissed. And I thought Britt brought up some great freaking points where she was like, I don't recall you laying any bricks to the foundation of AEW. Like I was here and this was a place that this became a place that now uh, wrestlers and then she corrected herself and she said, no, 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 superstars like you want to come and be a part of. So I really liked like that portion from Brit. But I thought what really got me here was Soraya just going and saying, announcing that she was cleared. Okay. I think that was the really the thing because you could easily see all her feelings and emotions coming out of her. Like when she said the words, I'm 100% cleared. Uh, you can tell that it was just like, holy damn, like this was, you know, a struggle that, you know, she'd been through for years. And, you know, I'm sure she thought that she was done. Like she was never going to go out there and wrestle ever again. I know that she recently spoke about about this with Renee, where she said that she is going to be doing uh, right now, like one month, um, uh, one match a month because, you know, of her status and all of that. But it's just something that you didn't have to fake the emotion. It was there. Then on top of that, when she started talking about how uh, Britt Baker doesn't know what it's like to be a superstar, and she says, I've been publicly humiliated. 
we know a lot of Soraya's past and stuff that she has been humiliated for, a lot of her uh, personal stuff that has been put out there for the entire world to see and for the entire world to judge her on. And she talks about having to battle, you know, a drug addiction in the public light. It's like, damn, when you go through something like that, like you and I will, like we can't speak on that. Soraya can because she's the one who has went through all of this publicly. It's one thing to go through something like this in the privacy of your own home, but to be a public figure and to go through something like all of that, it's a lot. And you, I think that the emotion really, really came through in this promo. And that is why I have to give it my best of the week. It did so much for Brit Soraya. It got us back to being excited about Soraya coming back. And I just thought that the overall material was really good. And I will say this, and I said this on my Dynamite, on my Dynamite post show, I do think the women had the best segment of the night, not just, uh, and obviously it's my best of the week, but I was happy too that it was the best of the night because let's be real, we only get sporadic moments with the women on AEW. And so when they really knock it out of the park, I feel like it just feels extra special. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to think that there are three active women's programs going into full gear and all of them are fully active women's programs um, that are all getting time. Uh, and as far as this segment was concerned, um, I almost texted you. I had a message in the drafts and then too much time passed because I forgot to hit send. <laughs> but uh, literally when uh, she said she was 100% clear, I started to tear up a little bit because I I felt that. I felt that from her. I felt, um, I just felt that coming out. And regardless of how you feel about Soraya, that's one of those things where anybody uh, who had their career ended in a way that wasn't on their terms um, that's that's something special that uh, when they get to come back and finish it out their way. And I love that she's getting to do that. Um, I thought that, I don't know if it's a drawback of this segment, but I, I have some hunches just based on how well I know the AEW audience. Um, but I wager, just based on the things Britt was saying, you could kind of sense in that arena that what Britt was saying was resonating with the fans more than what Soraya had to say. And I have a feeling that Newark, New Jersey is going to be Britt's house. I think you think? I fully think so. Well, because they tend to be like anti all the WWE people coming in and uh, stealing those opportunities and that spotlight from people. But I feel with Soraya, it's different. The situation no, were, feels I different mean, for me. When she said, I built this house, you know, I laid the bricks, they were chanting DMD. I think that stuff resonates with uh AEW fans more than really anything Soraya had to say um and uh I I'm curious to see how this hall plays out but I think full gear is going to be a Britt Baker home I think that they're gonna cheer her over Soraya and uh that's not necessarily a bad thing um I think that look Soraya's worked a good heel in her career before that's actually what happened that turned her main roster run around was turning her heel and giving her that run against AJ Lee. You can do it. Uh, I just think that I think it's going to have to be the course they take if those fans do what I think they're going to do, and I think they're going to do it. We'll see. Well, we'll they're going to have to find a way. They're going to have to really, really read the room. And I mean, it's going to be – it's because I think regardless, Soraya is going to get a positive reaction when she comes out because it's like her return. Come on, like this is her first match back. I, I'm sorry, but I cannot boo – Soraya coming out and like 
booing her on her first match back when she's going out there and literally putting her life on the line each and every single time. Like, I can't boo that. I know. I just, I think that people, I think the thing that sticks with AEW fans more than anything else, and we saw it last uh, May with Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander. Oh, we did. We saw that. AEW fans love their homegrown people. And I was so, oh my God, I felt it too that day. I was so, like, I love Ruby (laughs) Soho, but I was mad when she won. Even I was like, come on. On. I was like, what the hell's going on back there? You know, it was one of those things that everybody was upset about. AEW fans, they want their homegrown people. They want it over anybody else. We just saw it with the acclaimed over Swerve in our glory. It's going to happen. I think that, uh, and I, which I is think weird be because, like, if you think about it, it's like, okay, Ruby Soho, you know, she comes, like, if somebody makes their debut into AEW, it's like, woo, huge reaction, right? Huge reaction. And then down the line, when you see them start to get spots over the AEW homegrown talent, you're like, F this person, you know? Like, why are they getting... <laughs> so it really switches, I think. It's like pop for when they arrive. And then if you don't really, like, love this person, because Brian Danielson, obviously, he's not going to get that reaction. He's Brian Danielson. Like, people are going to love the guy, you know? Yeah. Uh but for certain people, they will be like, nah, you know, I'm not really all that interested. Either way, I'm all looking right. forward to it. So that was a great number one pick. And uh, it was a great show overall. All right. Well, we definitely did a pretty lengthy show today. So, Will, thank you so much for taking the time to do this show. Thank you to everyone who literally tuned in. Uh, We are seriously growing each and every single week, which is very exciting. Uh, I'm so happy that this podcast is just like growing every week. Uh, Will, please let the people know where they can follow you and all of that good stuff. Of course, you can follow me, William RBR. Um, Big thing, though that uh as far as this show is concerned next week we will not be on at our normal time because we got some travel ahead uh and with traveling back from newark we will still be doing this show next sunday but it'll be at a special time which is 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific right here we're still here youtube.com slash denise salcedo uh so definitely stick around with us it's going to be a rare evening prime time sunday night edition of after the week but we will still be here next week but it'll be a loaded one because we'll have full gear to talk about too. So, and we'll loaded be at one. the show and who the hell knows what's going to happen. If and they do a media scrum, who the hell even knows we'll figure it all out. So it'll be a fun one. So this, there will be a special start time next week, but keep an eye out. I schedule these uh, shows in advance. So if you forget, uh, you can just come here to the page and it'll show you when the show is going to go live in your uh, time zone. And if not, I will be constantly tweeting about it and all of that. But as for me guys, please just subscribe to the channel. We are still growing. Uh, we have, surpassed 76,000 subscribers on here, which is just freaking incredible because it gives us opportunities like having Smack Talk Showdown sponsor us. So just all of that really, really helps. So thank you guys so much for being here each and every single week. Um, As for Will, for me, we will see you guys next time. Bye, everyone.